Welcome back. Crush a lot podcast. I'm your boy Cheese No Kalina. We're in the last stretch, the last push for our debut project, a score to settle volume one. Right around the corner. Pay attention to our social media. Crush a lot podcast everywhere. Kalina everywhere. For the dates and all that good stuff, check out the first single. Knack versus Nance, SD Knack and Stalker, produced by Flu, available right now. And uh, I'm excited because, as a podcaster who's been doing it for about four or five years, I always try to listen to as much as I can and to other people within the same genre that I'm in. If I could find inspiration, if I could always make sure I am reaching for the best quality if i can always make sure i'm thinking outside of the box and also just good to hear voices mm. and one of the particular voice comes from my good friends over at the call out culture podcast a regular returning guest with zilla Rocca, um and with, you know with castro curly castro and a part of that team is our special guest alaska Alaska, you are here. How are you? Yes. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Man, considering the world we're in, and we don't know how the world is going to be in a few weeks, yeah, right? I, I am doing as good as it can be. Um, you know, and, and that's in itself an achievement. And Yeah, for real. I'm so happy I have the opportunity to, to talk to you. Um, one, because I'm a regular yeah. listener to your content and to what, and you know, your latest record was Zilla Rocca. Um, the Cargo Cults is out now on Bandcamp. So go check that out. Link is below. But I also had a plan to go to your to your birthday event that was down in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. It was around, the, which is very like walking distance from where I live. Oh, really? Oh, okay, yeah. so you're and, over by Beerwax, nice. Yeah, Beerwax, yep. And, and yeah. where I hanged out with Jill Araka and uh, Meticulous and John Robinson, a couple of, you know, people, local guys, and, well, you know, Zilla Araka, not local, but yeah, I had the opportunity to meet him there, and I was like, I'm gonna go. Were you at the event um, that we had with, when Zilla performed? Yes, I was. I was there, I had beer and Oh, word? I was there. Oh, man, I, I wish I had a chance to meet you. I was there. Yeah. My boy Ian, um, and I was gonna go and go. Oh, Alaska's there, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. That's and something happened. I didn't go. I think it was a COVID thing. Yeah. After from going, and I was like, I don't think that's gonna happen. So I'll stay home. But yeah, yeah. I had intentions to go and crash the party. Yeah, it's, it still went down, um, but it was, it was pretty much the people that were on the on the bill and promoting it that showed up yeah but sometimes, it was, uh, those are, sometimes those are the best you know those are the best yeah 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 and, and you know honestly with everything that was going on i was nervous about people showing up um so i'm glad that it was that it was, was a pretty the small beginning gathering beginning of the hysteria where we didn't have information i think i yeah. think we're still in the exact same place we were then we, we just just have more information know how to protect ourselves so Whatever line people are yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Just, just, I mean, it was like it was like the day after the NBA canceled their season or like stopped the season. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, yeah, this man. is serious. People are giving up billions of dollars. It's serious. And let's go right into to my beef with you, though. Let's go. Let's go right. Okay. Right cool. into the beef. Right into the beef. 
Oh, listen, we're listening. Okay, to, cool. Uh, I'm Let's a regular it. listener to the Call Out Culture podcast with Curly Castro and Zilla Rock. <laughs> Obviously, because I'm Zilla Rock has been a supporter of the show for many years and had no business supporting us when we were nothing. And you know, I'm grateful and eternally owe him a lot. So go check out Midnight Suns coming out this coming October 30th from the episode with Chung Wizard yeah. um, that we have next coming up. Your ghost face killer, supreme clientele. Ah, you said some stuff about that album that that was a uh, that was a little wild, a little wild. Wait, 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 wait what did I, I, I say about supreme clientele? I, I said it's the greatest album ever. <laughs> uh, I just want to talk about ghost face killer. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm down to talk about ghost face all day, all day long. We yeah. Can, what is it about? Well, it was to go into the your project, but you know, just just talking hip hop. Ghostface Killer is an interesting person, and this is why I love to listen to your podcast so much because one, there's different opinions, but mm. two, it's like there's a a wealth of respect for the history of it. What what makes Ghostface so interesting? But and how do we get him to be that again? God, because, that's that's the million dollar question, man, right? My I. I he last time I saw him on Instagram live with like Raekwon, he seemed defeated, and I was like, this "Yeah, is he does, right? He seems like he's really sad." Yeah, like he lost yeah. his mojo, like he forgot he's Ghostface. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what happened. It's really kind of soul crushing, because like, I mean, I was a huge Iron Man fan, right? Like that record was like blew my mind, and then I got Wu Tang Forever. And like he just leveled up on that record. Like he went from like being a really cool rapper in Wu Tang to being possibly the best rapper in Wu Tang at that point. Yep. Like just the the things he was doing on that record with language and style and flow and just everything was bananas. And he just kept going up and up and up for like through like W. Yeah, he had a, a real good like four album run or, or three or four album run plus the Wu-Tang joints, plus all the guest appearances, he just went off. Like, I mean, think about like a rapper that would jump on a Charlie Baltimore track, right? Like it's Charlie Baltimore. It's obviously like a gimmick. She's not going to be around. Rhythm he went on that track. Up and he yeah. He did. He went off like just with some of like the best verses of that year on the Charlie Baltimore track. And Charlie Baltimore could not capitalize on it. What a <laughs> no. waste. So bad. So, and that's a that's a great RZA beat too, and all the way yeah. to make RZA special because it should have never worked. Like the sounds he was using, the way he did it, it just should have not worked. Like sometimes what I produce is like this idea is not going to work. And he yeah, makes it work, and then uh, Ghost knows how to rap around uh, about sex, hood sex, like hood sex. Yeah. He knows how to do that. Wildflower. He does know. right. He just yeah. knows, and I. Uh, all those coded languages he has is like, you know, I grew up in the hood, so I I know like I know exactly what he's talking about and how he talks about it and he was a supreme clientele who would you fuck all those things. Oh and my god. The storytelling of it, but I'm like, no. Yeah. The Geo story is a true thing. I know what that means. I know what that is. Yeah. And uh it, it, yeah. he just he just he he's he's constantly reminding people of the different languages people have throughout their lives. Yeah, it's how much it's there, and I think he's one of the brilliant things he does is that his, his language and 
the slang and the different slangs you have in different parts of your life yeah is always a part of him and that would made it made him unique but he needs to go rob a store or something and get get the adrenaline going and then and then go to the booth and talk about it something you someone know, needs to shake him like like he needs to graze on the side of his waves <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I i have said that in, in several podcasts and there is i don't you know this is just my observation and feel free to argue with it is is hip hop for me it's best when it's poor right yeah. was a, there's a hunger in Wu-Tang that was there in mm-hmm. the beginning respect and even with the production it wasn't the most finesse it was very sloppy at points but that's what made it great that's what made it yeah. beautiful that's what made it wonderful he wasn't like a te- technician with it until yeah. until he learned music theory and then all of that left right uh, the yeah. great flood of the basement killed everything um, yeah, it really just went downhill. Yeah, but, but, but once he got cemented, it's kind of like what happens when you're at the top for that long a period. And I think that's kind of where he's stuck at. I think so. Well, because well, it's really like it's best when there's urgency, right? Like all yep. the music in art is like best when there's urgency. So like I've said this on the podcast, like when you're really young, like you just feel like everything you have to say, it has to come out now. Like you've been waiting your whole life to get this out. And then you hit like 30 and it's like, okay, I've been doing this forever. This is just a job, you know, whatever. I'm going to go through the motions. But I, what I want to see is when artists get to like 50 and 60, and now the urgency is like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. Yeah. Like I'm hoping like maybe that will, you know, sort of rekindle that energy and that desire to get out those stories and like sort of flex to show that how Has good they are. Audience change is, is also a thing I always question with, with legacy artists is that there seems to be a disconnect between the audience that helped them get to where they are to who is mm-hmm. the active listening base now. Yeah. It's kind of like you have to reintroduce yourself to this audience. Yes. Um, which is interesting because, you know, people like Daniel Son of Future Wave Riggs, you know, the kind of current crop of the underground scene, at least the kings of the, they're not, they're not young. They're in the third, they're in the third. Yeah. Like Benny's like 30 five yeah. six they're not young guys no so it's always interesting like right now like the underground scene is is not as young as people might think no it's actually pretty old right it's like i mean dudes are in their late 30s early 40s um like i mean like like ka you know he's he reemerged when he was in his late 30s yep right so he was part of natural elements back in the day but um you know, I, I think that that's part of it too. Like you get to a point where it's like, and I think this is probably something that like ghosts and those dudes have to do where they have to like understand what their audience is now. Like it's ne- never going to be that audience that it once was, right? You're never going to have that energy again, but what you're going to have, are gonna, you're going to have people that really admire your work and want to hear your conversations and like will cherish what you're saying. So instead of having, you know, 4 million fans, they might have 20,000 fans, but they're going to be 20,000 20, people that are in love with them. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know what Griselda's selling, but they're not selling anywhere near what like Wu-Tang was selling. No. No. I mean, they, they're probably I mean, not even was, selling near what like Company Flow was selling. Well, the other part of that is that they're dropping albums at a, at a frequency that's way more than the Wu-Tang has. Yeah. And it was a lot more sparse between records. Yeah. It wasn't like on top of each other. Like, no, exactly. Uh, that's very rare that that happened. Like maybe, maybe 
Wu-Tang Forever and Supreme Clientele, maybe a couple of weeks apart from each other. But that's almost yeah. rare. That's almost yeah. rare that it happens. So even the life cycle of an album between projects is way faster. And that could be the listeners, you know, that could be a streaming kind of doesn't help with that. The value of a dollar to music is different. Mm -hmm. It's very different now. So, you know, a lot of that is in there. So dropping multiple projects a year is how you get your revenue. But I honestly don't want to hear any more Flea Lord. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I had enough. Yeah. For next three years, there's nothing that you're going to give me that's going to be compelling. Maybe I'll check no. out Muggs one, but I'm not compelled. There's nothing, you know, and I love the guy. I think he has great cadences, great flow, but I heard, I heard enough. And I, and what I heard was really nothing. It all sounds the same, you know, but I look. There, there's something to be said for disappearing for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a business side of it. Um, yeah, without question. Interested in your latest project, in your project with Zilla Rocka, Mm-hmm. Cargo Cult out now. Hit the link below. It is right off the bat. I listened to the first two tracks a couple of days ago, and then I stopped, and I needed to research <laughs> the name and everything that was going around in the title itself, uh, mm-hmm. the group's name and the name of the album, uh, Nihilist, uh, Nihilistic. Am I saying it right? Nihilistic Millennial? Uh, Nihilist Millennial. Right? It's, it's, yeah. it's loaded. It's loaded, like yeah. the definition mm-hmm. of those. So let's break that down because I do think that is a part of trying to wrap your head around this project. Um, yeah, which I appreciate thematically. So, break it down. What's going on with these titles? What is the leaning in terms of thinking about this project when it comes to those titles? So, so the, it's two fronts on it. So the the actual group named Cargo Cults. Um, I actually learned about that when I, I was at work. I had to go to like uh, visit a company. I had to take some of my students to visit a company, and at the company they were talking about the idea of what a cargo cult is. And a cargo cult is something that happens when um, a less technologically advanced society comes across a more technologically advanced society. So this this started happening in like the 40s and 50s where there were food drops over like a lot of the Pacific Islands. And the people there had never seen airplanes before. So they just saw these things flying over and dropping food. So they started building idols to the airplanes to try to attract more food. So it- No frame of reference to know what that is. Yeah. They go with what they know. That's a deity. That's a, that must be the gods. Yeah, so it's so it's sort of like I, I see it as similar to how we look at technology now. Like the technology that we have now, we really don't understand the, the potential of it or the power of it, but we worship it, right? Like it's everything for us. Like the way like we're just looking at our phones 24-7. So it's like we're sort of in our own version of a car real Um, So that that's sort of where the name came from because I've, I've been thinking about stuff like that for – the last few years, like really since Trump got elected, just like trying to like figure out what the hell happened to the world. Um, and then the nihilist millennial, that was actually something that Zilla came up with. He was reading a book and was talking about, you know, there's like a generation, the, the millennial generation is just like very nihilistic in their approach to things. I, I kind of look at it a little different than he does. I would let him explain that his version of the title to you. To me, I see it as like, since the millennial changed, you know, back in 2000, like we've kind of become like a nihilistic people. Like we're sort of like fatalists. Like everything is 
the end of the world, no matter what it is. So it's like, you know, there's kind of no point to anything. It's just like, let's destroy everything on our way out and ruin everything, but nothing really matters because the next thing that happens tomorrow is going to be the worst thing that ever happens. Yeah, we, we, we don't need Greenland. We don't need Greenland. No, just let, no, no. Let it disappear. It's not important. Yeah, no, no, it's not important. Why yeah. would that be? And and yeah. what's interesting about these themes, and you know, I was trying to read as much as I can about it and try to like really put it into context in my brain. You know, I'm an older listener, so that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Something that makes me want to think is is always going to be important. Is a lot of the things that are happening in the world now is is still from an old guard. Yes, an old guard holding on to whatever they could. Um, which is problematic in many ways because it's not representative of the entire country, you know, no. you know, that's threatening to them. And, and, and I get it. I don't, I, I'm not trying to demonize nobody because I have different perspectives, but it does, it does limit who could be at the table when you're trying to deny people a seat at the table. And yeah. that's where a lot of these themes from this album, but really resonated with me is, is the technology stuff was important, but what what we praise, either willing, knowingly or unknowingly, and how that really controls the way we move and interact with people is an interesting mm-hmm. thing to examine, which I was kind of forced to think about the last couple of days just in terms of myself. But and, but then the other part of it is where where is it going? And that's, I've never been at a time where I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's crazy, right? Like last year I was so secure in what I was doing and what I was building. And now every day I'm just waiting for the email that says I'm first. Like it's like, it's, it's the level of anxiety that people are having the like the community depression or mental mm-hmm. depression is so big that an album like this just put it out a little more for me where usually music is like this, like, I've been more in my music listening, just trying to use music as a distraction. And then this one brought me to a space of thinking and reading more. I mean, I I went, I pulled out some books that I was like, okay, let me get back to my grind. How much of that was designed in the project to really, I want to make a project. I want people to enjoy music, but while we're enjoying the music, I want to put themes and ideas out there for people, not to dictate how what to tell people, but just here's an here's a question. What yeah. You- well, I I don't know if it was like an intentional thing like that, but when when I when I make music, you know, I mean, there's like obviously like it's hip hop, so there's going to be the songs that are just kind of like yeah. bragging a bit, maybe like talking about your history, those songs. Yeah. Um, but when I'm like writing songs like that, it's usually like I'm trying to figure out things myself. Like I don't know the answers. So it's like, it's my way of like figuring it out. And, and a lot of times it's like my way of looking at things that I do that like, I'm not happy about, you know what I mean? Like, so I'll, I'll, there'll be things like, I'll see like things that people are doing and like, I'm like, that's really hypocritical and that's really fucked up. And then I'll realize I do something similar to that. And that's why it bothers me so much. So I think like in a lot of ways, like the things, it probably comes across that way because I'm trying to figure things out on track. So, you know, I think maybe that comes across that way to like yeah, when you're listening to it. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I mean, I, every music, every 
everybody should aim for a music experience. It's not just about the sound good, at least not for me. Maybe for like microwave kind of music, that's fine. But and that's and there's a place and time for that too, because I, I I'll indulge. But it was mm-hmm. just an interesting. That's why. Yeah, I, yeah, I, no I, can we move this podcast another day? I have a lot to think about. Um, <laughs> about this record. Um, so you know, I think that's a kudos because there's a lot of like it makes me want to go back and listen because there's more questions in there and I have to go in there and listen a little more just to hear like the way you deliver and the way your cadences are because it, you know, we know how delicate the English language is. Uh, a small mm-hmm. octaval can change the meaning of everything. Yeah. When thinking about this project with Zilla, what was the, the beginning of this idea? Zilla's obviously been doing this for a while. Career Crook's my favorite album mm-hmm. from him. Midnight Midnight Suns is is amazing. Um, how did this come to be? I know you guys do the podcast and you have history with each other, but why now? Why this project? Well, we we've been working on it since like two thousand. I think April of two thousand eighteen. Zilla pulled out his notebook, um, and we we figured that out. Um, he had I had put out a record um, under a group called Words Hurt which was, um, it was myself rapping and this dude, uh, Lang Vo, doing beats. And I had a song called I Love People, um, which was really sort of just like talking about how much I fucking hate people more than anything. But it, it was me and um, that dude, Chris Ork, used to go by Red Pill. Uh, he's like on um, Mellow. Mellow Music. Yeah, so so it was us. And then Zilla remixed it. And I really liked what he did with the remix. Like, you know, Langvo's production was really sort of like almost back to like the Def Jux style where it was like kind of electro heavy, sort of like sparse and, and shit like that. And Zilla brought it in and made it sort of like really soulful and, and like grounded through an adult Nori sample that like he knew I would like. So we started talking about doing stuff together back then. And he threw me like six beats and those six beats became like the meat of the project. So it was like UX, uh, my G is too futuristic. Um, all power to all people, Pinky Toe, great rap duo, and I think that's, it was Joe McMillan. Great rap duo. Great rap duo. I love. Yeah, that. it's a fun one. That's yeah, fun that, that was uh, that was Zilla's idea. He was like, "Let's do uh, uh, Styles P and Jada song." Yeah, I was like, "All right, cool." See, I thought Black Star. That's what I thought. Oh, interesting. But they would do that back and forth. Yeah, kind of stuff. Uh, early Ray and Ghost and like Two Sixty. They did that in Two Sixty. Yeah. So that's what I was like, yes. I always wanted an album just like full of that. Like for yeah. me, that's, I don't know. They don't, when I see features, I don't see that. Um, and all like all I imagined was like, oh, you got that verse in the email and you put it in. Okay. Yeah. I like the back and forth. I, I, I enjoyed it. That's why I just, I was like, yeah, this is. Back and forth is fun. I, I've been doing a lot of that. Um, are, are you familiar with like Griffin Scorsese? Yeah. Those dudes at all? Yeah. yeah, I've been, uh, Scorsese and I have been doing that, like writing a lot of back and forth joints just to like sort of fuck around and see what comes of it. But it's like, you know, it's like two bars pass, four bars pass, like that type of shit. Yeah. When, when, when you're working with someone like Zilla Rocker, you have the, you have, obviously you have, you know, a history with him and, you know, you know, that mm-hmm. a, a little bit of like, he does this all the time, even when he doesn't want to do it. Like he's always yeah. thinking and creating. He's a creative. It's what he does. That's why he has so many projects out and why the high quality is always there. So we're always exercising it. it. How is that going in? Because I I learned a lot about myself 
through my own project and how mm-hmm. it kind of like made me question my my confidence in a lot of ways because I'm surrounded by such amazing talent. I was like, yeah, I don't deserve to put this album out. Like, <laughs> like why are they asking me? I'm, I don't, I don't, I just kind of do your magic thing. It's kind of like my language. I'm like, no, what do you want? And I'm like, yeah. what's your opinion? And I'm like, oh, they want my, oh, oh, these people that I respect want my opinion. I'm just a fan. I'm I'm just happy to be in the studio. Like, like that's a trippy. And obviously, it's a valuable opinion. Yeah. So, like, when you're dealing with Zilla, and I get this way with Zilla, I just don't show it because I revere him. As just a, I just respect his mind. Uh, do you get some of that when you're working with him, or is it just like it's just a natural thing going back and forth with him? It's pretty natural. It was. It was. We we had become friendly. We had done some tracks already by this point. Uh, like I said, he remixed that track. He had been on one of our tracks, a different one of our tracks. I'd been on a few of his tracks, so we kind of had a bit of a working relationship. Um, one of the things that's nice about working with Zilla is. And it's something I think we both have. It's like, we just want to make the best track possible. So it's not like, like, you know, if I wrote a verse and there was something, he's like, you should change those bars. Like, I don't get upset about it. If he sends me a mix, I'm like, no, that's not right. You should bring this part up. He doesn't get upset about it. It's more about just like, like, let's work and let's try to make the best thing possible. And that, that was really sort of the freshness of it. Because when you have that, that sort of working relationship, you could go in fearless. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? Somebody's going to be like, ah, change that. Yeah. I you got know, people like the worst me. thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna lose some time. I got people mad at me. I'm like, well, don't act for my opinion. What do you want me to do? <laughs> that's my opinion. Yeah, no, you know, I mean, you know, you know project you should, pick a side. If you're gonna ask for an opinion, you gotta be able to accept it. It's so <laughs> it's so weird because I'm at work, and I'm pretty much in charge of everything. So I'm super confident. I've been doing this for what I do for like over 25 years in my you know my professional life. So I'm just like I'm just confident. I'm just like. Boom, 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 boom. I only really report to yeah. him. Uh, and so I'm I'm good with that, especially when it comes to like orally talking. A big part of what I do at work is that. So it, it would make sense that I, in the podcast world, I'm, I'm fine with that too. And then I get there and I'm in front of people. I'm like, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. <laughs> like, I'm just happy to be here. And they're like, nah, you're, you're, you're the executive producer, lead us. And I'm like... Nah, bro. I just, I just, you do you, and you send it to me. Like it's like a weird, <laughs> trippy experience. Have you had that kind of moment anywhere in your like your writing process, your creative process, where it's like, is this happening? Is because I, I'm afraid to even put like my own music out there. Like that's it's petrified. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to have it a lot more when I was younger. Like when I first started, like fucking around with Def Jokes back in the day. Like back then, it was like intimidating, because it was like, like you know, like when we when I was on the Can Ox record, it was like it was the first time I was ever around L, and I was like, yeah, I fucking love this guy, and like I got to impress. Yeah. So it was like, you know, those those were the moments where it was like really sort of like, damn, this is this is intimidating. Or like, you know, going like to freestyle or do a show. It was like, but you know, it's like anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it, the more you know what you're doing and you're, and you're I, really just I, get comfortable at it. I'll tell people to do this, go back to our episode with Crime Apple, mm-hmm. maybe like a year or so, maybe two years, approaching two years like, since I did that episode. And that was not, that was not like professional podcast cheese. 
That wasn't. That was like this is like my current favorite hip hop artist, Cheese, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like I had it. I that was the one that I actually prepped for the most. Yeah, I by freestyle my my podcast, and the one that I totally blanked out the entire time. Like I did nothing made sense. None of my questions made sense. I was just <laughs> like revering him to the point where I couldn't make the best listening engaging experience for the audience and and that's a weird thing because i don't have that issue i typically don't have that issue same and 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 then it's just moments in this podcast world where it's like it's a completely different emotional response i'm getting and i don't know what to do with it yeah that happened to me when we interviewed tajay a couple of weeks ago from souls of mischief Cause I was like, I'm a huge Souls of Mischief fan. Luckily, like Castro was there because like it would have been like that old Saturday Night Live skit with Chris Farley where he interviewed Paul McCartney. He's like, that was really cool, right? Yeah. Cause that, I mean, that's where I was. It took me like 45 minutes to finally be like, wait, hold on, I could just ask the student questions about anything. But I was just like, I want to know about this song. Like, what did you mean here? You know, yeah. it's just like completely like fanboyed we, out. We had, I had all the nerd questions that are ready to go because I wanted. Yeah. And then I had to remind myself, what would the audience want to know? Yeah. And that's completely different. And I was like, I didn't know how to balance it. I was a hot. And he's, he's <laughs> an interesting guy. So you have to come at him from a different kind of angle. But I, I learned that after the fact, not yeah. before the fact. So I'm not super happy with that episode. But I left it there, make fun of me. I thought it could have been better. I hope to get him to do it again. <laughs> but I had that same feeling when I had our Don Pacino from um, Killer Army come on. I was like, Oh shit! This, this is my guy. This is my dude. This is like a big part of my childhood, and I'm calling Sir Love there and calling Kalina. Who who's gonna do it with me? As someone, I need someone there as a buffer. It just can't be yeah. me. I need a buffer. I need my crazy somebody, right? In, a, in case I bomb, I need someone there. And I was trying to get Sir Love there to do, it, but they couldn't make it for whatever reason. I oh no, it's just me, and I was it's so just, yeah. like, nervous. It's like. Anytime when it comes to any Wu Tang people, <clears throat> oh man, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't. I no, can't. I know. I I couldn't. I couldn't I'm do it myself. People. I mean, yeah. I mean, the one time I ever even like encountered a Wu Tang person, I was um, it was back in like probably like ninety nine, early two thousand. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you remember, there used to be a club, a club downtown called Culture Club. Yes, of course. Yeah. So my my now wife was working across the street and they I guess they were like closing down or whatever, but they were throwing everything in dumpsters and they had they were throwing out bar stools. So she grabbed a couple and they were like the ones that had like the big they were like the ones that had the big smiley face on the yeah. stool, like like yeah. the seventies. So I went down and I grabbed them and this was down like she was down by like Barrack Street. Yep. So over by Hot Ninety Seven. Yeah. And I'm walking with the stools like like four stools, like trying to meet with my way to the train and somebody drives by and starts beeping and it's fucking Ghostface. And he's like, yeah, the stool, the like, Ghostface. Oh <laughs> like, my God. Let me tell you, when I went on my, uh, my, on my honeymoon and we went to, we went to Hard Rock in Orlando and uh, we got, we checked into the hotel mm -hmm. and uh, then we went outside to walk a little bit, get familiar with the land. And then uh, the Hard Rock Cafe, like a uh, concert hall, was like on the same property. Mm -hmm. So I looked over at the awning and I said, Wu Tang Clan tomorrow night. Wow. 
And I was like, I ain't say nothing because it's it's I can you don't bring that up. You don't bring nope. it up on your honeymoon. You don't bring it up. It's no. not a good idea. No. And uh, she got tickets for us. She didn't say anything. Nice. I don't. Do, I don't do drugs. I drink. That's my thing. If I'm gonna drink, yeah. Usually apple beer. You can say whatever you want, but that's I like to have apple beer. Mm-hmm. So I go into that concert. Not inebriated. I left super inebriated. Nice. Because the secondhand everything was so intense. Oh, that I, can't I walked even out high as hell. And uh, at a Wu Tang concert, and I left my wife up there, and I was uh, just going in the Bosch pit and doing Wu Tang stuff. You know, like, nice. what are you going to do? So that was like my Wu Tang story. The only person that wasn't there was ODB, but everybody else was there. So, no, oh, that's that was, awesome. You know, that's my Wu Tang story. But I don't want to interview them. I don't. I don't want to interview Visa. I think that's just, just be a mess. Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't see it going good. I have a lot of questions, uh, probably ones that he won't appreciate. Um, Probably, right? You're not going to want that hard-hitting interview. I want the cure. Where is it, you liar? (laughs) You liar. You liar. Half the interview be like, what happened to you? (laughs) What happened? Why are you taking credit for Diarrhea to Man Man? That wasn't you. wasn't you. We all know it. It says it right on the record. (laughs) Give it to him. What What are we doing here? Yeah. Man, um, what is around the corner for you right now? What are you working on? Uh, Coral Cult's available now. Call Out Culture podcast mm-hmm. available now. Hit the links below. Um, I follow them. I listen to them. It's good content, especially if you like historians who really respect all the little nuances of, of hip hop. That's a good place That's to go. Up. There's uh, a lot of references in there, right? tons like yeah like you have to but you know i like that because i get them so it might be over the head of some people if you're new but i think if you if you stick it through there's a lot there to to absorb and learn i mean that's a you know you gotta know the history of it and they obviously know it um so go check it out i've been listening since episode one the audio got fixed it was a little scratchy for a little bit but then they got it fixed, and then they, you got it going a little bit better. Yeah. yeah, we can still get a little better. I think. I think we still yeah, need to hard. step up our game a little bit. Internet. You know, yeah. What are, gonna do? what are you gonna do? But what you yeah. have around the corner? Um, we have the Carter uh, Coats available now in Bandcamp. Yeah. The other project that's around the corner. Uh, I'm working on a project. I mean, I have a few projects that uh, I'm working on, but um, I'm working on one right now with the homie Griff uh, from Griff Scorsese. So he's doing the beats. Um, and I just started talking with um, Ray West yep. about doing a project together. So, you know, but that that's like in the initial discussion stages. Um, there's a few other people that I've been talking about working on some stuff with, but it's, you know, it's just a matter of working mm-hmm. it in at the time. Like the, the one that just sort of took off was the one with uh, Griff. Like he sent me a bunch of beats and it was like similar to Zilla where it's like six songs came out, seven songs just were like poured out of me. Um, yeah, well. So, so that's going on, but you know, I'm like still, I'm, I'm back in school right now and I'm working. So I don't want to give a timeline for that because it, yeah, yeah. it could be like a good year let, or something. Let, it ma- let, let those things marinate. You call yeah. Colts available right now. Midnight Sons of Silla Rock is exactly. coming around the corner and you can always check out the Call Out Culture podcast available Indeed. on and all I'm your a- podcast 
Uh, you know, yeah. and the, the homie Curly Castro has the Blue Edwards album out, That's and then right, he's the working on another project right now. The whole record, so I gotta... a bunch of stuff. I know the yeah. Cook, Cook the Career Crooks album is part two. Is is I know it's locked and loaded. You know, just yeah. So that I know, I don't know when, but it's coming, and I can't wait. It's coming. Shout out yeah. to All Pro, um, man. So yeah, I I guess I also have a project with a cryptic one from Adam's family. That he's been, I gave it to him before, like mid pandemic. So I know he's like mixing it. So, but it's, it's a lot of mixing on his part because it's like, it's going to be a weird project where it's like just versus like shot in and out, but it's going to be like sort of more instrumental heavy. Oh, I like that. Uh, Yeah. So he's got that coming with Cryptic. Hey, no matter who you vote for people, just go out and vote. Just know here in the Crush of Our podcast know what you want to vote for and in in the world you want to create and you know we respect your opinions we're always you know we're not here we're not about the dividing stuff where you know you can have a difference of opinion about things and you can still sit in the same table table with other people have different opinions fundamental is we still gotta care for people and and try to uplift people as much as we can no matter where the election goes to if in, in your favor not in your favor we still gotta do our part to to shake out what feelings are in there, be proactive, um, fight for equality, and, and just be willing to go to the table. We could throw food at each other all we want, but that ain't going to bring yeah. us any closer to what we're trying to do. And that's why it was important for me to link up with my man Alaska because I don't got we don't got to share the same space in the podcast where we could go at each other if we want to, but there's enough room for us to get there and, and think about the bigger hip-hop community and Hopefully you guys can see that there's a lot of space for that, no matter where you are and no matter what your position is, you know, we still got to, we got to, we got, we're still a team. We got to make it work one way or another, hold each other responsible, transparent, all that good stuff. And just lead with kindness with one another and all that good stuff. So go out and vote. And if you didn't vote, that's all, that's all good. Be a part of conversation, vote locally, at least that's what makes a big difference. And uh, let people know yeah. what to listen to. In some ways, it's more important. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I focus on. Crush a lot podcast on your boy Cheese album coming soon. Alaska, call out culture podcast, cargo coats available right now. Go check it out. few CDs left. If you hurry, if you hurry, yeah. if you hurry, Almost to out. out you, 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 you know, it is what it is. You slept on it. Shout out to my man Zilla Rocker. Next episode is with Chong Wizard, Zilla Rocker, Midnight Suns coming up this week. Catch you guys in the next episode. Peace. Peace.